Welcome to episode three of View from the Sideline podcast. Coming up this week, we've got all the weekend's talking points. Liam's in the hot seat for our mastermind quiz, and there's more Wonders of White. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode three of this new series of View from the Sideline podcast. Chris here. And as always, Liam's with me. Hello, Liam. Hi, Chris. How you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad, you? Yeah, all good. It's been a bit of an up and down week football-wise for me. <laughs> but um, yeah, still looking looking up. Things are positive. Yeah, so obviously I think we've played two games, I think, since we last did a podcast. I know that we played Thursday and yeah. Sunday. So we're going to get uh, into some talking points from this week and we're going to go uh, and talk about Everton first, Liam. Yes. So uh, I thought it would be a good chance to talk about their battle against relegation, which I don't think anyone predicted, uh, especially after the first seven games where they were looking. I think they were in the top four at one point. Um, the first few games into Benitez's reign. I just wanted to have a chat, see what you think about where it's all gone wrong for them. Um, looking at their form just before we came on here, they've lost 15 of 19 games since their first seven under Benitez. Um, in their first seven games, they only lost one, and they they won four of those right at the top of the table, and just two wins and two draws in their last 19. And um, I don't think... I. Th- I expected them to be mid-table, I think, at the start of the year. I did, didn't expect them to do much, but to be where they are at the minute, um, just, I don't know. It happens to clubs every now and again, I suppose, but the signs, I, I guess, were there. £1.7 million spent in the summer um, for a club of Everton stature really isn't a lot. Uh, a lot of free transfers. No one really, no big marquee name coming in. I know they've struggled a bit with big sign-ins with um, uh, Bernard, Rodriguez, people like that, not really working out. And then to obviously struggle for the most part of this year and to get to January, and then they've spent £30 million on two left-backs, which is arguably the position that they didn't really need to strengthen with Luca Dino there. And letting him go for £25 million, obviously I'm delighted as a Villa fan that they did. But they've spent £30 million on two left-backs when they had a good one there that they've let go for 25 Um Della Alley's come in, not really done much. Van der Beek's looked OK in, in parts, I think. Early days for him. Obviously, two players very low on confidence. Um, but sort of going back to the start, to a point Benitez in the first place made a massive divide between <laughs> players and fans. I mean, you've had it at Chelsea, Chris, that so I... I guess I have a villa with McLeish, but what what did you think when, I mean, it was Benitez again, when Chelsea hired Benitez, a, a manager the fans didn't want. Uh, uh, what did you think? Didn't go down well, did it? Well, no, it was just because of the history that he had with Liverpool uh, was the main thing, and it's probably the same for, for Everton fans as well. Um, you know, he, he came to Chelsea at a time when Chelsea were struggling a lot and he managed to win the Europa League. So, um, you know, he, he did win. Changed of him. 
since then? Because obviously you didn't like him to begin with, but winning that, did it change your... Yeah, because, you know, the football that he played, it wasn't very exciting, if I was honest, from what I remember. Um, and, you know, he, he did, you know, he he won a trophy, and, you know, I think everyone deserves a chance, you know, at a football club. Um, but it's probably a tad different for Everton <laughs> with, uh, you know, their huge rivalry, you know, their, their next door neighbours, Liverpool. Um, it was always going to be a risky signing for them. Um, but, you know, hiring him, you know, it affects the fans, but it shouldn't affect the players. And like you said, they, they spent very little in the summer. I think Andrews Townsend was probably their most recognisable sign-in. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, free as well. You know, they, you know, he hasn't done a lot. And they are, I think I've heard in the last week or so, they're in a bit of financial trouble as well with fair play. Um, which when you look back, you think, well, they ha- they've hardly spent anything. Um, but, you know, mm. it is being looked into at the moment. So if that goes against them, they could end up losing points. And I think that would be the nail in the coffin for them. But um, it just it just hasn't it hasn't gone right for them. I think they started well with Benitez, but it's, it's soon, you know, I'm not sure if something happened behind the scenes because I know the the main reason Dinia was leaving was because of Benitez. Um, mm. I know they didn't see eye to eye. But, you know, Frank Lampard's gone in there now and he's got a huge, huge job to keep them up because if if, if they go down, you, you've got to look at most of that starting 11 will probably be looking to leave, especially players like Calvert-Lewin, Allen. You know, and probably yeah. like players like Keane and Pickford. You know, Pickford's going to want to be playing, you know, at the World Cup, you know, in in this in, in like November. So he's not going to be want to be stuck in, you know, the Championships. So he's going to be looking to leave, leave there, and probably just sign for one of the teams that come up. But you know, it, it, it's it's hard to actually pinpoint where it's actually gone wrong because week in week out they just seem to be losing and. Squad on paper, I don't think, especially compared to teams around them. But there's something not gelling. There's something behind the scenes that doesn't seem to be right. And mm. I'm looking. I was I was looking at the players that have left. So Rodriguez was obviously a big signing for them that didn't work, and he's gone off to play in Qatar or or wherever. Um, Bernard was quite similar. Showed what he could do in tiny glimpses, but nothing yeah. huge. Walcott left again, was a big name, but didn't really do much. Um, they've lost Sigerson, obviously. Um, not going to go into detail on that one. But they are, they're big names that have come in, not really done a lot. And I, I don't know whether they're, I don't know whether the board are then thinking, well, we're signing these big players. It's not working. We're paying huge wages, sometimes big fees for them. Do we? Well, you you have to stop. With I'm guessing with financial fair play, you have to you have to say at some point we can't spend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But obviously, Van der Beek's on loan. They bought a couple of left backs, which they needed after Dini left. But I was looking at the deal for Ali, and. No, I think it's effectively no money down and then £40 million at some point by the looks of things. And if they get relegated, 
<laughs> on top of the financial fair play restrictions they've got, if they got an agreement with Spurs to pay £40 million, first of all, is he going to want to play in the Championship? I doubt it. Probably not. But if he doesn't, are they going to recoup that straight away and sell no. for £40 million? I doubt it. <laughs> no. Where's that going to leave him? I mean, and, and where is it going to leave Everton with their, yeah, like you say, troubles financially at the minute? I don't know. But I do think they're in serious trouble. Obviously, you have a lot of respect for Lampard, but he's not been in a relegation battle before. I'm not criticising him as a manager. He's just he's not been at a team that has been fighting near the bottom. Do you think he's the right appointment? Or do you think they should have gone with someone to shore them up a little bit? Get them playing, get get a bit of fight in them. I think I think the right thing to have done would probably do the go down the um, interim six month appointment with probably someone like Duncan Ferguson. You know, who who, who mm. took over, who did a few, he's done a few games here and there, um, but I I probably wouldn't have gone all out to sign a, a new manager. Because I think, I think the obviously there's huge pressure on Lampard to try and keep them up. Um, but you've got to look at have they hired Lampard because they know that their likelihood is they might be going down. He's managed in the championship before. Is there something in his contract to say, you know, if they do get relegated, he can leave? You know. It's all it's all a bit up in the air, but he's worked under he's, restrictions as well, obviously with Chelsea. Yeah, so they, but he, they think that's coming. Well, potentially, you know, they'll lose points as well, which is going to be even harder for them to, to try and step. Because you look at the games they've still got. You know, they've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games left. They've got West Ham, Man United, Liverpool, Chelsea, Leicester, and Arsenal. It's a tough running. They also play Brentford and Newcastle. Newcastle next next weekend. Two games. Actually, they they're playing Newcastle this week, midweek. Yeah. So because they've actually got FA Cup the weekend. So I don't know. You know, it, it is each week. It's looking more and more likely that it's going to be them. And I've, uh, the current form of their playing out, I think it's going to be very difficult to get points at the games that I just listed as well. Yeah. Um, a huge game against Brentford, second from last game of the season, if they're both sort of in and amongst it at that time. But where are they going to pick points out? I, I do not know. You know, they've got... They're away to West Ham, home to Manchester United, away to Liverpool, home to Chelsea... Away to Leicester, and Arsenal was the last game of the season, which they're away as well. So, so that is a tough running. Yeah, so relying on them three teams just being worse, just as bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I mean, Norwich, you can argue probably will be, but you know, Watford pick up odd points here and there. They beat Villa twice this season, so don't I just know it when they turn up? They they can actually put something together. Yeah. Who knows, I suppose. The the one saving grace is they have got games in hand at the moment. Um, But the games in hand, as you say, are against, you know, Liverpool, Chelsea. and top sides. Who knows? But uh, it'll be interesting to see if they do go down. And it's looking at the minute like Derby are probably going to go down, whether Rooney might 
be the one to come in. You know, another points deduction perhaps on the cards. Maybe uh, try and do Mission Impossible with Everton if they go down to the championship. Yeah. But we shall wait and see. Yeah, see what happens. So we're gonna we're gonna move over to um, talk about what's happened with obviously Chelsea in the last sort of you know week or so um, on and off the pitch. Um, obviously, the situation there seems to be changing every single day. Um, you know, and as a as a Chelsea fan, it's you know it is it is quite sad to see. You know, there's a lot of a lot of staff members at the club that. You know, you know, could potentially lose their jobs, like Tuchel said. You know, he's they, you know, they're going to fight each game, you know, as as they come. But you know, although you know, confidence outside of of the club is pretty low on the pitch. You know, they they are doing the business at the moment. It's five straight wins in the league. You know, they slightly lucky probably yesterday against Newcastle. Uh, Point Newcastle probably should have definitely had a penalty. <laughs> got away with that one. I don't know how they got away with it. Obviously with yeah. VAR, uh, he's literally pulling his shirt off. So got lucky there, but Havertz goal was really good. Um, you know, again off the pitch, you've got sort of the sponsors pulling out now. Obviously, Free last week said that they, you know, for 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 now they didn't want their logos, you know, on and on and off the pitch, uh, but. They wore the logo yesterday, so I don't really know what's going on there. And obviously all their bank accounts have been frozen, so <laughs> they can't sell tickets at the moment. So they're having to go through, you know, the government at the moment to try and sort that all out. So it's a, it's a huge mess. Mm-hmm. But obviously this all comes down to obviously one man, you know, the owner of the club. I guess he technically is still the owner until it's sold. But you've got to look at things like, you know, the, the the Premier League, like the fit and proper test, like you know, if, if he's gone through these tests and all all through here, and they've they've agreed the you know to let him manage Chelsea, like to be the owner, you know what what's involved in these fit and proper tests? You know they just let the Saudi owners, you know, take over at Newcastle, and there's a lot being said about them, you know, in recent months. So you know. You've just, you've just got to look from it from all points of view, really, haven't you? Yeah, and I, I think I think the the um, main reason that um, the Saudi Arabian government, albeit under a different name, have taken over Newcastle, and to some extent Abramovich taken over Chelsea and the Qatari investment firm taken over Man City... The Premier League obviously want, it is the most watched league in the world. So they, the, the people that run the Premier League know they're going to have to do something to give those fans some entertainment. And with the money promised going into those clubs, it goes into their pockets as the runners of the Premier League. But they know that it means that we can afford the best players in the world to come over here. And that is what attracts the fans. That is why they can sell TV rights to pretty much every country in the world for huge prices. And I think, especially to begin with, when Abramovich took over Chelsea, he was obviously one of the first to do that. They saw pound signs in their eyes and and, and the same with Man City. But 
there has to come a point where they have to take these kind of things into account um, when it comes to human rights records and, and, and what's happening in Russia with Ukraine and all that kind of thing. And there's got to come a point where they stop it, but it's hard to see where to draw that line at the moment because, as you say, they let the Saudi um, guys take over at Newcastle. There was a bit of a resistance, I think, to begin with. The, the deal looked off for a good few months and then all of a sudden it was back on again. Um, but like you say, he passed all the ownership tests at the time. I don't know. I don't know whether freezing the assets is necessarily a good way to get back at him because like you say, it's it's the the tea ladies, it's the, the guys that work on the ticket stalls are being punished as well. Um but with the bank accounts frozen they obviously can't take any money. And um we don't want to be giving money to a, a, a Brambitch, which, you know, I I do understand that that yeah. side of it. Um, but is it fair punishing the other people with it? It's it's harsh, you know, there's people's livelihoods at stake. Um, I get the need for maybe not selling tickets, but I'd like to know if there's a sort of like a furlough scheme effectively in place for the Chelsea staff that can no longer work because they they rely on selling tickets, uh, selling burgers at the ground or whatever. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how they sort of get around that. Because as far as far as I know, and you know more than me about this, Chris, he he can't sell the club now. Is that right? So so yeah. So at the moment, it's kind of in limbo at the moment. So from what I understand, you know, there have been offers put on the table to take it over, and I think if the right offer comes along. I think the government can say that he can sell it. But I think their number one thing is that they don't want the money to be going to him because obviously with his connections, they don't know where the money will be passed on after that, which I understand. Mm. He he did say that before the, the assets got frozen, he did say that he would give it to the Ukrainian more effort. Yeah, that, uh, I think that was net profit, though. I don't think that was all profit. Right. I think. Okay. So, you know, I think if he if he was to give it all up, I think that the sale could go through. But I think there's a lot of underlining legislations that we don't know about that's probably going to hold things up for a long time. Now, apparently, the government haven't contacted Chelsea about whether they can sell the tickets yet. Um, but obviously any tickets that have been bought already, you know, those fans can still go to the game. The it's club shop season ticket holders and I yeah, yeah, the club shop wasn't open yesterday. Um so, you know, the actual club itself is, is losing, you know, a substantial amount of money at the moment. Um so um to be quite honest with you, you know you know ch- ch- you know, Chelsea being Chelsea for, you know, over a hundred years. You know, you know, Bravich was there, you know, sort of 2003. You know, they, they were a club before that. You know, mm. and there'll be a club, like, moving on as well. So it's, you know, it's 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 just unfortunate at the moment, obviously. that Obviously, his name is, is being branded around there, and his name is always linked back to the club. So, it, you know, it's probably going to go on for a long, long time. I've seen some ridiculous things on Twitter this week saying that Chelsea should be expelled from the Premier League. 
They should be, you know, docked 50 points. They should be thrown out of the Champions League. You know, all these sorts of things. So I'm thinking, you know, he is the owner at the end of the day. He owns the football club. I understand that. But, you know, he has tried to distance himself as much as he can, I think, from the club to avoid this from happening. But I think it's it's just been a bit too late. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a, it is obviously unfair to, to punish um, people associated just with Chelsea. You know, there's obviously a need to to um, do something to help, uh, do something, sorry, to stop Abramovich getting money back into Russia. I get that. But, you know, if if this is to go on for a long time, as you say, Chelsea Football Club are losing a lot of money. Whoever then takes over has got a big decision to make as to whether they plough that money back in that has been lost over that time uh, and keep jobs on. Or, or whether they, you know, buy the club as it is in a state where people have been made redundant and, and lost their jobs and they sort of just take it from there. Um, it does seem a bit, um, a bit mean to, to people just because they work at Chelsea Football Club that they are going to get punished. Um, but unfortunately it looks like that is what's going to happen. And you have to, you do feel for those people. But again, like I say, I understand the need to sanction the the person. Yeah. Who, yeah. You know, it's um, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a strange. Situation. It's a strange. It's a strange and awkward situation, isn't it? Really, when you think about it, and it's not happened before. And you know, the government and the Premier League now have to step in to you know, not make this happen again. <laughs> so that's but, thing, it's gonna be consistency, I think, isn't it? Because now they've obviously um sanctioned against Abramovich for things that are going on in his homeland, who he's friends with and, and um who he deals with. Are they gonna just stop at Chelsea? Do do they then say, well, you know, we've we've done it for one club, we have to do it for everybody because it, it's got the rules have got to be fair. Oh yeah. And, yeah. Um you know, if you're looking at other clubs, and there are other clubs with um, slightly dubious regimes that are running it, it'll be interesting to see whether they go to them next. Yeah, I see one of the potential uh, investors is is from is the Saudi Arabian media group from from Chelsea, and it's reported they've put in an offer of 2.7 billion, so it's just shy. 300 million shy of what obviously Abramovich wants, but you know, it, it, I think in the next sort of week or so, you know, we're definitely going to find out more information on, on what's going to happen. And you know, from, from an actual football point of view, what's happening on the pitch, you know, that you know, they've done really, really well. Like, I know there's been a lot has been set out, you know, outside of, of the actual football itself, um, but they've kept their heads together. You know, the manager's done a great job. You know, in press conferences, he's had some yeah. difficult questions to answer, and I think he's answered them pretty well. And um, I think, you know, I, I, I think we'll get third. I, I do think we'll get third. Yeah. Arsenal have got three games in hand, which would just put them just behind us. But yeah, I think they've, they've almost got new energy on the pitch at the moment. Kai Havertz, you know, can scoring week in week out, which is uh, which is good to see. So. And a great goal this weekend as well. Really yeah, good. Great touch. Great touch. So yeah. So now we'll move on to to better things. Uh Tottenham. <laughs> 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 uh, 
you know, we've all had a laugh and a joke about Tottenham recently. Um, but, you know, again, something is not right at that football club. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when, you know, when you, when you look at it, it's, it seems like they take two steps forward and then three steps back. They can't really get a consistent run. Um, and you've got an owner there, you know, where you had Abramovich at Chelsea. You know, he, he didn't mind putting his hand in his pocket to buy the best players in the world. You've got an owner here who doesn't want to let any of his players go for more than what they're actually worth and then won't bring anyone in um, to, to strengthen his team to take it to that next level. Because I think when you look back when they got to the Champions League final, they were, you know, uh, they were literally one game away from, you know, from creating history for themselves. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think it's gone downhill since then, to be honest with you. I think they were sort of under potch. I think if he would have got that investment to take them to that next level, you know, they would have been, you know, a massive threat in the league. He was a victim of his own success, I think, wasn't he? Because he took yeah. them to the Champions League final with, I know he spent a bit, but not not huge amounts compared to Chelsea, City, United. And to be able to repeat that is going to be more difficult than doing it in the first place. So he, he, he was a victim of his own success in that he got them there. And I think the chairman wanted him to do it again. And it was it was never on the cards, I don't think. No, and, and they've spent so much money in in hiring of fiery managers, especially the radio. I would imagine that would have cost them millions upon millions of pounds, you know, in wages to hire him and then millions and millions of pounds to, to get rid of him. Yeah. Um, now you've got to look. So when I was looking through a few stats on Tottenham, one that hit out at me to start with was that Kane is their top scorer, then Son, and then own goals is third this season. <laughs> um, which isn't a great stat when you've got two players scoring all the goals. So if you take one of those players out, you've got half your goals are gone. And the whole saga with Kane over the summer, you know, I think put a lot of unrest in the club. It's mm-hmm. good to see that he wants to go. Uh, I don't know why he wasn't allowed to go. Um, Buddy obviously did one. So, but I, I guess if if City hadn't spent the money they did on Grealish, I think he probably would have gone for Kane. Yeah. Because it was crying out in the summer that City needed a striker without Aguero leaving. Didn't leave them with much. But I think because because we said no to any deal for Grealish until they matched the clause and they decided that they were going to go for it, yeah. that I don't think left them with enough money to bring Kane in, unfortunately. Uh, for for him because I think he did want to move and when the captain of your club wants to move and I think it, it would have been the same at Villa Grealish if he had then been forced to stay if City had gone for Kane he wouldn't have been the same player for a good few months and when your captain wants to leave the morale must be rock bottom in the dressing room I would imagine and um, probably made worse I, I was looking just at the quotes from Conte just just before we got on and and for him to to sort of come and say I don't I don't know if this is the right job for me I, I don't know if I am good enough to be here 
that, yeah. When your manager's saying that, again, something that's got to be going wrong in the background, I think. Um, but I, it astounds me how he manages to bring in such a high level of manager. Obviously, Pochettino was there, did well to begin with, then got let go. Mourinho comes in, another big name, doesn't really do much, gets let go, and now they've got Conte in. Something in my head, if that was me as a manager, would say probably don't go to Spurs because if Pochettino, <laughs> Mourinho and Conte are still keeping them mid-table, there's something else that's going on. And it's probably not the manager's fault. I mean, you look at the trophies that each of those managers has won, or obviously not Pochettino, but um, there's got to be something going on in the background. And yeah, not spending yeah. the money, holding players to ransom and to stay at the club and then playing them. I, I just can't imagine it being a happy place to go and play football at the minute. No, I, I think, you know, this this summer, I, I I really do think that Kane will go. I think he's he's probably at the end of his tether with leaving. You, you know, he he almost kind of walked out on the club over the summer, didn't he? He didn't come, didn't turn up for, you know, training when he was supposed to. Um, and then there was the whole, you know, gentleman's agreement that if Tottenham didn't finish in the top four, he'd be he'd be allowed to leave. But I, I think this will be it now. I think. You yeah. will say to him, you know, if you, you know, you either let me go or I don't play for the next two years for you <laughs> to sit and watch. So, but like you said, you know, they they tried and fair with Mourinho. Um, I always think Mourinho was a really strange signing for them as manager, and I, I always thought because they had the um, the Amazon documentary. Yeah. Um, and it coincided with Poch getting sacked in the first episode and then Mourinho coming in. And I always thought to myself in the back of my mind, I wonder if, you know, it was done for TV purposes, you know, yeah. to to get rid of Poch because he might not have been sort of, you know, the most exciting of managers off, you know, on camera. I don't know. It's just me thinking, but I always thought it was strange, you know, strange that, Maybe they just saw Mourinho to make the you know the TV documentary look better, but um, they, they they still did crap. So yeah. <laughs> and and I got to see a great great there was a great thing on on that documentary. Uh, I think it's about episode four or five where Larice and Son nearly have each other's heads off at half time. I don't know if you remember the game. I do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and they had to be separated in the changing room, and it was all caught on camera. So it was quite funny actually. But yeah, we'll we'll have to wait and see with Tottenham. Um, but a lot like of investment needed, I think. I I look at that team and like you say, you know, Kane and Son get pretty much all their goals. Not much in the midfield for them. And, I didn't uh, even I didn't even realise that Lacelso had gone. I mean, he's never played for them really. Any well, when he has, he's not really done much. It's yeah, an, it's he's, another he's player that they've paid he's for. Played him. He's played for Villarreal. I was watching one of the Spanish games at the weekend. I saw him. I saw him. I was like, I didn't even realise he'd left Tottenham. <laughs> no idea. But there's, there's not. I mean, I genuinely think that 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 midfield. Um, I'm taking obviously Son as a striker, but that midfield yeah. is bottom half of the table. And um, you know, Hoyberg's been all right in in places, but to constantly be playing players like Winks and uh, and that incentive, yeah. just yeah. I mean, you know. 
don't get me wrong. They're, they're okay, yeah. You know, but yeah, it's uh, it doesn't scream top four to me. No, and, uh, whereas the defence in previous years, you know, you could say it was pretty decent, I think, is now uh, not so much. And um, they need a lot of investment, and I don't think Levy will give it to them. So um, good luck Spurs fans next year. Okay, so that was this week's talking points, and at end of part one, and in part two, we'll be back with with Wonders of White. Who am I? And Liam is in the mastermind chair for his Aston Villa quiz. So we'll be back in a bit. Hello, and welcome back to part two of View from the Sunderland podcast. First up, we've got some Wonders of White. Uh, so here we go. Uh, Liam, you'll be excited about some of these. They're related, I hope. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I always I was, get excited when I was just, related. I was just winding you up. Oh. Okay, so uh, John Joe Kenny became Everton's 100th sending off in the Premier League. Um, only Arsenal have more. Um, than that. That's half Patrick Vieira. I was going to say, the previous 99 <laughs> were Duncan Ferguson, weren't they? For yeah, yeah. Uh, this one, this blew my mind. This next one, when I when I read this, I I couldn't believe it. So Wolves haven't conceded a first half goal in their last fourteen away matches. Their defence has been solid this year. You know, what, I'm, I'm, I'll 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 let the listeners know that I was looking through my fantasy league earlier uh, because next week, and and this is a hint for all you fantasy league players out there. There's only four games happening next week, so I've had to change my entire squad basically and play my free hit. And Wolves are one of the teams playing. And I thought, oh, what a great idea it'll be. I'm going to bring some Wolves players in. And honestly, if you look at the points they've scored, all their players look rubbish. Yeah. And yet somehow, they're what, seventh, are they at the minute? Still well, though. Incredible. And it's all, I think it's all down to the defence. Like, clean sheets has been, like you say, fantastic. So, yeah. Well, the, last, the last team to do it uh, was Arsenal in their invincible season. So, I mean, we're not going to compare the two teams. No, not you know. at all. <laughs> Still going. Okay, so Ronaldo is the first player ever to give United the lead three times in a single Premier League game. Wow. It's obviously because of his hat trick. Yeah. But obviously, take back. Yep. And then this one, this is, you know what you name against this one. So Adam Lallana has been subbed on and off in four league games, which is a joint record uh, with Keith Gillespie, which is, yeah. <laughs> so as in he's been, he's come on as a sub and then been taken yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, four it's times. Ultimate embarrassment, isn't it, for a footballer that? Yeah, so. Uh, four times. Keith, Keith, Keith will be happy though that he's, he's right now sharing it. Yeah. I have a feeling that surely some of the Lallanas are through injury though because he just. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. He, he happened at the weekend, so. There we so, go. Yeah. It's a good one. That was the one of the white. So, Liam, are you ready? I am. I've been looking forward to this all day. So, um, yeah, don't leave me hanging. Let's do this. Right, so, some of these are really, really easy. Um, some of them, I. I'll give you a clue because it, you know, it is a bit harsh. So here's your quiz. So first question, 
who scored Aston Villa's 1,000th Premier League goal in 2013? Oh, God. I can't... This is one of the ones I can give you a clue if you want. 2013. No, I'm going to... We only had one person, really, that scored around then. So I'm going to take a stab in the dark and go for Benteke. Correct. Yes. And... Someone else scores for his men. If you if you like to, um, you can buy the uh, the one thousand goals on Amazon. The DVD, really? yes, yeah, so they bought out a DVD to celebrate a thousand Premier League goals. We, I think most of them were probably scored in the nineties because after then we've been pretty bad. So, yeah. so oh, from the past. So second question. Uh, Villa were relegated in 2016, but can you name me two of the managers that were in charge that season? And there were four managers. Two were interim and two were permanent. I I would love to forget, but sadly it's ingrained in my memory (laughs) that um, we had... uh, uh, We started with Tim Sherwood. That was him, yeah. Then it went to Remy Gard. Yeah. And the interim managers, I'm guessing, were probably Kevin McDonald and Eric Black, I think. That was all of them. All four. That's, yeah, that season. I'd love to forget it, but it's just still Sorry there. Sorry about that. Always there. That in there. Uh, Tim Sherwood, I think, only lasted a couple of months from what I remember. I think Remy Gard was the longest servant there. I think he was from November to April, I think. According to the players... He used to try and teach them how to control a football. Um, that is taken from Mika Richards directly, who was terrible for us that season. So probably needed help controlling the football. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the players really didn't like him. So it was never going to work, unfortunately. The, these two next questions are very, very easy. and You will not be getting any help with these ones. OK. Uh, so who is your most expensive signing ever in the Premier League? Uh, we broke it with Buendia, I think. Correct. Excellent. You'll like this one because you haven't mentioned it yet this week. But in, in Villa's most famous 7-2 win against Liverpool, yeah. who scored the hat-trick? Uh, Ollie Watkins. Correct. And my main man. We're going to get a bit difficult now because you've got four out of four so far. So... Name one of two managers who have managed Villa the most in the Premier League. Both of them are at 190 games. Oh. Can you name me? You can name me one. If you name me two, I'll be very impressed. I'm going to say 190 games. What's that? Like five seasons? I'm going to say John Gregory. Correct. And the other one... The other one is the one I actually expect you to get. Actually. Yeah, I'm going to have a stab with Martin O'Neill. I don't know if he was there that long, but Correct. Martin O'Neill. Correct. Excellent. In which year did Villa win the Intertoto Cup? <laughs> God. Um, I know, know it was in the 90s. I'm going to say 1998. Not quite. It's 2001. Oh, was that late, was it? No. Yeah. Uh, my intertone knowledge isn't where it should be. 
question seven. Former striker Dwight York represented which national side? Uh, he was from Trinidad and Tobago. Correct. And he let us all down for joining Birmingham City. I'll never forget him. He did. He did. When I was doing a bit of uh, research, there's been quite a few players that have gone between the two, actually. I was quite surprised. Yeah. Because he didn't sign. He didn't that. go. F- he was at Birmingham first, wasn't he? Was he at Birmingham first? No, he, 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 he. Oh, we, after Man United was it? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. we we found him in Trinidad somewhere, and then he played for Birmingham after. I think there's quite a few that have gone from Villa to Birmingham. I don't think there's many gone the other. Way, but no. We signed Potter the other year. He didn't last very long, though, so we don't count him. He was rubbish. Next question. So, since the Premier League started, which English Villa player has won the most caps for England? Uh, do you know what? I looked at this the other day, and I can't remember the answer. So, um, I know that he broke a lot of records for us, so I'm going to say it's Gareth Barry, but I don't know. No, it, you were right with the first name. Oh, is it, it's Southgate, isn't it? It's oh, of the course blue it is. man of Gareth Southgate, yeah. Of course it is. 42 yeah. he's on. He, he, well, he's on, I mean, he's on, he, he's not going to be getting any more, but. <laughs> he could bring himself on, you never know. Okay, since, since his move to Manchester City, how many league goals has Jack Grealish scored? Oh, it's not many, is it? It's got to be one or two. I'm going to go, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and go two. It was one. Oh. He scored. He has scored two, but one of them was in the Champions League. Yeah, oh. He scored on his Champions League debut. Oh, of course. Well, he was desperate for Champions League football, wasn't he? So, uh, yeah, he was up, up for that game, obviously. Jacob Ramsey's better now, anyway. We don't even need Grealish. OK. And Villa's capacity to the nearest thousand. I'll give it to you either way. Oh. So uh, lower, lower by a thousand, higher by a thousand. Um, uh, I think we're 42 and a bit. I yeah, think yeah. 42,800, 40, I think it was. Nice. I would have accepted 42 or 43. Uh, so, well done. You scored eight. Nice. I think that matched you. Yeah. Did you wait eight out of ten the other week? I can't remember. Something like that. That's good. I'm pleased with that. I'm annoyed that I didn't get Gareth Southgate because I genuinely did look at that a couple of weeks ago. So, if I was going to give you some feedback, I would say a bit more into Toto Cup knowledge for you and... Uh, Take note of your English players who yeah. played for England, uh, because I don't think anyone's come close to him, Gareth Southgate. From when I looked, I think the the nearest one was like twenty. I can't even remember who that was. I don't think he's even a player playing anymore. Yeah, we uh, they they tend to play for England and then go on to bigger and better things. Unfortunately for us, I, I reckon it might be Ashley Young. Actually, he played a few times for us. No, he's getting on it these days. But um, but yeah, I'm pleased with that. That was good. Thank you. Well done. Good
Um, do you, shall, shall we end with who am I? I've got a who am I for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so I have clues if they're needed, but I think you should be able to get it based on just the clues of who they've played for. So um, I'm going to tell you that they're still playing, so I'm not going to give okay. you the Correct club. That they're yeah, still yeah. playing for. But I'm not going to give you the years. No, no, no. Okay. So they started out at Leeds United. They then went to Liverpool. And they had several loan spells with Sheffield Wednesday, Charlton Athletic and Aston Villa. They then played for West Brom. Then they went over to Turkey and played for Bursa Spore. And then they played for Wigan Athletic and Derby County. And now they're at their current club. Please. You want me to read those again? Because it's quite. No, a few no, I, I wrote them down. I wrote them down. Uh, I have got three clues written down. It's the turkey thing that's throwing me off. Because I can't imagine there's been a huge amount of Premier League players that have gone over to Turkey. It's not even one of the big Turkey teams either. It's not like a Fenerbahce or a Galatasaray. And then he's come back to play for Wigan and Derby. I know who. I think I might know who this is. Who is his current club? Oh, I don't know who his current club is because I know he was at. Because I know he's played. I know he's played for Liverpool, but these three loans, I wouldn't have a clue. I can give you a clue. What's, I don't want an obvious clue, but I, I, I'm gonna. I'll take a clue. You take a clue. Okay. Yeah. A non-obvious clue. Yeah. Um. I've got a few to choose from. Actually, I'll give you a non-obvious clue. So he's played four times for England, and his last appearance was in 2011. 2011. Oh my god. Maybe I don't know who it is. Uh... Uh, I can go, go on, I'll rattle off another clue. I'll give you another clue. On March the 9th, this player came off the bench to play his first Champions League game for 17 years. Oh my god. That might give you a bit of a clue as to who he plays for. 17 years. I remember hearing... Oh, 17. See, now I'm doubting whether that is actually him. This is a a tricky one. If I gave you his club now, I think it would really give it away. Yeah, no, no, don't give me... No, 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 don't give me the club now. I have got another clue in reserve. Oh, I've got another two clues in reserve, actually. I can give you the year that first made his um, debut. You know what, I'm going to tell you the person I thought it was at first, but now the Champions League thing... Is 
has really, really thrown me. I thought it was Andre Wisdom at first, but it's definitely not him. Yeah, he has played for a few of those clubs. But he's played play. for Derby. I think he's played for West Brom. 17 years. I, I've heard this. I've heard this. Someone say this, like, literally, like... Probably on March the 9th. That was only last week, wasn't it? Oh, hang on. If it was last week... Hang on, what, what's the date? What? Yeah, the date today. So this was last week. It's the 14th of so March. So this is going to be... Hang on, let me look at these teams. I know. I think I know who this is now. Go on, then. It, the the current club is Man City, isn't it? The current club is Manchester City. Yeah, and it, he is goalkeeper, right? He is a goalkeeper. Yes, Scott, it's Scott Carson. Isn't it? it is Scott Carson. Yeah, well done. Scott Aaron, I yeah. think. I think. Yeah, you 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 kind of pushed me with the ninth of March thing because I was thinking, well, that was last week, and there was only yeah. literally like four teams that played on that day. Yeah. And now but, I remember, and now it clicked because I remember hearing it. The, the day after. Yeah, but very up. impressive to play your first Champions League game for 17 years. And he is. He I came think on, didn't he? He, 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 came, did. he came on as a substitute, didn't he? He did, yeah. I think Pep Guardiola was, was feeling particularly kind that day. And I mean, the game was over, wasn't it? They won the first leg so easily. So, um, Why did they just start him from the start? <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know whether they expected it's like, to. It's like a, we. You know, we want you to play, but we don't quite trust you yet. (laughs) (laughs) He must be 39. Uh, I'm going to have a quick Google. I'm just going to Google Andre Wisdom's name, because I swear he's played for at least four of these clubs. Yeah, you you Google him. I'll Google Scott Carson. Andre Wisdom. Uh, Scott Carson is 36, so he still might have a few more oh, years yeah. left in him. He's great. He'd be a great signing for anyone. So, bearing in mind, Andre Wisdom has played for Liverpool, West Brom, and Derby. That's not bad going. He has played for three of those clubs. Weirdly, he went on loan to Salzburg. Really? Yeah. Never knew that. But, um, yeah, there he, he's got his picture there. Yeah, apparently he was stabbed in 2020. I don't remember that. <sighs> well, there we go. We got there in the end. Well done. Yeah, I, I think I think That's the clues. I never would have got it about the clues, but we, uh... <laughs> it was a, it, the thing is because he's obviously he's at Man City, but has hardly played. I thought. Yeah. I don't know whether giving you his current club actually does give it away because he's sort of. No, no. I think I think if you would have given me the current club and then told me the the yeah I would have got it. I, I guess there aren't many players that move from cash strap Derby County to Manchester City, so um, yeah. But well done. Anyway. Pat on the back for everyone this week. So yeah, well that's it this week. Um, we'll be back next week uh, with some more talking points, uh, some more wonders of why. Another Who Am I? And we will try and get some form of quiz or game show. I don't know. <laughs> Ready for next week. Figure something out. It'll be a nice surprise for everyone. <laughs> yeah. we'll, uh, 
speak next week.